Now broadcasting from his hidden bunker and fully stocked bar, it is the Saturday Report with Colt Sebastian Taylor. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor, <clears throat> adventurer, entrepreneur, and amateur pumpkin pie. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and hopefully you were able to survive the holidays on Thursday. Uh, Black Friday shopping madness, and now you're just enjoying the weekend while eating leftovers. But before you can continue, you're listening to the Sad Report, where I'm covering the news of the week and everything else in between. So, thank you for listening. You can find me on a variety of social media channels, including the Twitter, that I refuse to call X, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, counter social, threads, uh, cameo at Colt S. Taylor, also Facebook. Uh, follow ColtSebastianTaylor.com. I'll update one of these days. And of course, if you're listening to this, that means you are a loyal follower and subscriber at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. But they got bought out by like Spotify, so it'll redirect you somewhere else. But you, you, you can still type that in. Um, okay, my friends. Oh, wait. Also, also, since I have you here. You need to check out socialbee.io. I use them for my social media management for all my all my profiles. Um, but you could use them um, for places like Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, Google My Business, uh, TikTok, even YouTube. Uh, it has integrations with Giphly, Canva, Unsplash. Um, you can put your uh, content in categories, connect an RSS feed, customize posts for each individual social media network um i'm actually generate hashtags which i frequently do uh recycle evergreen posts set up a posting schedule and of course analyze your accounts and track link performance with over five url shortener integrations check them out socialb.io it's free for 14 days you don't need to give them anything check them out you'll like them i like them you'll like them too all right now my friends we can get started with this week's Saturday report. First up this week, we go to crime. Remember Oscar P P Pistorius, uh, the Blade Runner? He was a, um, a Paralympic um, athlete star. Uh, had two carbon fiber prosthetic legs that were kind of like blades. Call him the Blade Runner. Um, big old hero for, you know, being an athlete and overcoming adversity. Of, oh, what happened to that guy? He's been in jail for a decade um, for killing his girlfriend. Yes, that's right. That guy. Um, he has been recently paroled, uh, effective January 5th, uh, from a South African jail, according to the Department of Correctional Services, after serving 10 years of a 13-year um, 13 13-year sentence. Um, he shot and killed uh, his girlfriend, on uh, Valentine's Day 2013, uh, said that he thought there was someone breaking into his house, so he shot into the bathroom and killed her. Um, a jury disagreed. Um, he was initially sentenced to five years in jail for culpable homicide uh, in 2014, but a high court, uh, Supreme Court of Appeal, found in 2015... Uh, found him guilty of murder by after an appeal by prosecutors. He was sent back to jail for six years in 2016, less than the 15-year minimum term 
sought by prosecutors. In 2017, the Supreme Court more than doubled his sentence to 13 years, five months, saying a six-year jail term was shockingly lenient. But um, he has apparently apparently been made, gotten parole out of there. Um, he, I believe, still maintains it was an accident, but uh, doesn't quite seem like it. Doesn't quite seem like it. So, but he's out now, apparently, starting January 5th. So, you know, if you're in South Africa, I guess we'll watch out for him. We'll see what happens. But uh, he's been released after 10 years in jail after killing his girlfriend in 2013. We now move on to other crime. Now, crime and music. You may remember last week, Shakira... Shakira, Shakira, uh, she was entering a tax fraud case in Spain, supposed to bring in last week, but a last-minute settlement was reached. Uh, the start of her trial lasted about 15 minutes before a settlement was agreed to. Uh, the 46-year-old will pay a fine of 7.3 million euros, which about $8 million, despite saying she was quote-unquote confident the court would find her not guilty. Um, she also accepted a further fine of 438,000 euros and were received a suspended three-year sentence, according to the judge, presiding over the trial on Monday. Um, the case alleged that Shakira failed to pay the Spanish government 14.5 million euros worth of taxes from 2012 and 2014, so nearly a decade ago. Um, according to Spanish law, anyone who remains in Spain longer than six months a year is considered resident for tax purposes. As such, um, despite all the years she spent in Spain, her official address is in the Bahamas. Uh, the tax rates, obviously, much lower in the Bahamas than Spain. Uh, Shakira was also in the Paradise Papers investigation that revealed the offshore banking activities of the world's most famous and powerful people. Now, it is um, not surprising that she decided to do this because prosecution was set to call 117, yes, 117 witnesses to testify on Shakira's residency, including healthcare professionals or driver beauticians, etc., etc. There was a deep dive into her personal life that she really didn't want to be out there in court. Um, if convicted, she faced eight years and two months in prison and a fine of 23.8 million euros. So... I mean, she's paying, she's paying 7.3 and not getting jail time. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, the prosecutors are saying that she purchased a house in Barcelona in 2012 that served as a family home for her ex-partner Gerard Peake, a retired soccer player, and the two sons. They were married for 11 years before separating in early June. Um, the Shakira's law lawyers argued that until 2014, most of her income was generated on international tours, during which she spent long periods abroad and not spent a full six months in Spain to qualify for taxes. The Spanish government, they uh, disagree. Um, Spain, apparently, um, also Shakira has a second tax fraud investigation uh, still pending. So she's probably trying to wrap that up as well. <clears throat> Uh, she said in a statement, quote, Unfortunately, uh, despite these efforts, tax authorities in Spain pursue a case against me as they have against many professional athletes and high-profile individuals, draining those people's energy, time, and tranquility 
for years at a time. While I was determined to defend my innocence in a trial that my lawyers were confident would have ruled in my favor, I have made the decision to finally resolve this matter with the best interest of my kids at heart who don't want to see their mom sacrifice her personal well-being in a fight. Now, Spain has also gone after other people, cracking down on tax evasion in recent years. Um, a number of high-profile individuals are being pursued by Spanish authorities for tax fraud purposes, including uh, soccer players uh, Chris Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, uh, who were fined for large sums of money. Uh, both were found guilty but avoided prison time with suspended sentences. Uh, the country has also implemented new laws to fine those who do not declare income and taxes and assets as stipulated by law. These measures include tax form law, tax reform laws, and tracking of offshore wealth. So Shakira, Shakira, Shakira has avoided prison and paid a several million dollar, million euro fine for tax fraud, basically tax fraud. Moving on to other music news of the non-crime related. Uh, if you watched Thanksgiving football, which I'm going to talk about that in a moment, but if you watched the Dallas Cowboys game, you saw country western legend Dolly Parton sing at halftime dresses at Cowboy Cheerleader. And at 77, she's still got them, folks. She's still got uh, She wore the iconic white shorts crop vest with a blue stars and bodysuit while performing on stage. Uh, she performed a collection of her most famous songs, including Jolene, 9 to 5, while promoting her latest album, Rockstar. Her performance also included covers of Queen Classics, We Are the Champions, and We Will Rock You. Uh, according to uh, CBS broadcaster Tony Romo, former Dallas uh, quarterback, quote, she looks amazing, she looks wonderful, who doesn't like Dolly Parton? Um, the annual halftime show is part of the Dallas Cowboys' annual tradition of hosting football games on Thanksgiving. The show was sponsored by the Salvation Army as well. Uh, she wrote on Twitter, quote, I'm proud to have kicked off the giving season with my Red Kettle kickoff performance. Every dollar you give to the Salvation Army helps your neighbors in need during the holidays all year long. Now, stop without controversy. Some right-wing commentators on the Twitter were upset that a 77-year-old woman would dress so skimpy, and they want—they—they're basically the worst people. They're never happy about anything. They always complain about something, and today they complain about Dolly Parton. Um, some saying, "Well, I like Dolly Parton. She doesn't get political." Realizing that she has supported a variety of progressive causes, including funding the COVID vaccine. So, lots of Dolly Parton fans were ruined by finding out on Twitter that she's actually a decent person and don't subscribe to their right-wing lunacy and whatnot. So, but uh, she did a great job. Saw a few clips. She, uh, she's, she knows what she's doing. And she has a new album coming out where she's collaborating with a bunch of different people. So, if you like Dolly Parton, you should check it out. Also, Dolly Parton, her early 80s, early 90s movies, not too bad, Steel Magnolias, it's a tearjerker. So, check that out as well. 
Before we go to our next news story, I wanted to share some trivia with you because I love, <clears throat> I love historical trivia. Uh, there is always football on Thanksgiving. You might notice yourself, boy, you know what? Dallas and, and Detroit always seem to play on Thanksgiving. Well, traditionally, they do host Thanksgiving games. Um, Detroit actually has hosted a Thanksgiving game since 1934. 1934, and Dallas since 1966, with two exceptions in, exceptions in 1975 and 1977. Um, and they uh, have an agreement with the NFL to always hold... Uh, to always hold these um, these afternoon, I mean these these Thanksgiving games. They they're guaranteed Thanksgiving games every year by an agreement and whatnot. Uh, in two thousand six, a third prime time game was added, uh, and those two teams rotate every single year. So the agreement is that Detroit gets the early like one p.m. game. Dallas will get like the 425, 4 o'clock game Eastern Time. And then there's a primetime game. Like I said, was added in um, 2006. Now, like I said, Detroit has done it um, uh, during, since 1934. There's some other Thanksgiving games that would pop up and down, usually between cross-state rivals and stuff like that. But since like 1978, it has only been Dallas and Detroit to have a um, game every Thanksgiving. And then some games, just so that uh, you know all channels can broadcast it, because you know, an NFC game or an AFC game, there's, there's rotate around to make sure that every channel has a game that, uh, that Thanksgiving day. And like I said, in 2006, um, Thursday Night Football added its own its own game on uh, Thanksgiving as well. It used to be only on the NFL Network as part of the Thursday Night Football in 2011. Then the game moved to NBC's Sunday Night Football, but it's on Thursday and whatnot. Um, also, also in 2022, so last year, the league announced that the Thanksgiving games will be branded as the John Madden Thanksgiving Celebration to honor uh, broadcaster and head coach John Madden, who had passed away uh, recently. Uh, John Madden called 20 Thanksgiving games, 20 years, 20 Thanksgiving games during his broadcasting career. Uh, since 2001, uh, teams playing on Thanksgiving have worn thrown-back uniforms on numerous occasions, and in 2002 extended to nearly all games of that weekend, and in some cases involved classic field logos at the stadium as well, as well. So, there you go, there you go. Um, there has been a variety of memorable games. I won't go into it uh, too much and whatnot, but there's a lots of uh, different uh, memorable Thanksgiving games. And, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, check it out. It's very, very interesting. I love historical things just like that. And uh, there's 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 sometimes there's a little con controversy and whatnot that Dallas getting it every time and lo the Lions giving it every time, especially uh, some years Detroit has had losing seasons like went zero and sixteen. Mm -hmm. That um, but 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 fortunately fortunately uh, they remain having these games as well. So we'll see we'll see. But anyways, uh, that's a little trivia Thanksgiving game trivia. Dolly Parton, check it out, and um, 
you know, there's now three NFL football games on TV. And Thanksgiving is traditionally also a good high school football team. When I was in high school, there was a morning Thanksgiving Thanksgiving game. Uh, usually at like 10 a.m., as I recall. Early in the morning, really, really cold. Uh, sc schools have rivals uh, between each other, turkey bowls and whatnot. Some of these high school games uh, are among the oldest rivalries in the United States. Like some... High school Turkey Day football games go back over a hundred years, so that's 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 just that's just crazy. What that is, that's just crazy, 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 crazy. Um, anyways, anyways, anyways. As I was saying, um, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Watch the football, ate some, ate some turkey and whatnot, and whatnot. But uh, definitely watch football, and I hope you enjoyed that little trivia, little Thanksgiving Day football trivia. Next up, folks, burritos. They can cause some problems. I mean, it's kind of a joke. Eat a burrito, get some indigestive problems. Well, folks in uh, Northwestern University in Evanstown um, had some burritos and uh, made it even worse because it was uh, connected to a norovirus outbreak, uh, most, most commonly known as the stomach flu. Uh, this one was particularly bad. Uh, why? Because it was $1 burrito day at, at an Evanstown restaurant, um, and that is pretty much where the um, Evanston Health and Human Services Department uh, tracked down the norovirus outbreak linked to the burrito special. It was special indeed. Um, the department was investigating, or is investigating, outbreak among Northwestern University. Uh, they learned that people reported stomach cramps, vomiting, Diarrhea after eating big wing tacos and burritos during an event on Saturday, November 18th, where the residents, where the restaurant offered one dollar burrito to students from the university. Uh, the event was held between 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, a big wing tacos burrito is located at 950 Church Street in downtown Evanston. So you know, if you're in the area and you had some, you might not be feeling good. You might not be feeling good. Um. They began investigating as soon as they received uh, complaints, uh, prompting an immediate inspection of the taco and burrito place. The department reviewed the restaurant's cleaning and sanitizer procedures and found that the restaurant does have a employee health policy. Uh, the big wig taco and burritos fully cooperated with the investigation. Um, everyone who dined there uh, has been asked to fill out a questionnaire regardless if they've gotten sick. Um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not, it's not influenza, basically the stomach flu. <clears throat> According to Dr. Katrina Wallace, an epidemiologist at the University of Chicago, quote, it's its own virus. Uh, again, it can cause diarrhea, vomiting, nausea, and abdominal pain. Um, the virus likely spread via food. She said, quote, hand washing is super important for prevention, and that's why every single bathroom at every eating establishment has, has a sign that says, employees must wash their hands before returning to work, because it's really important when you are preparing food for people. Uh, that's the main way that it spreads in a restaurant environment. Somebody with norovirus uses the bare hands unwashed to prepare food. The virus can also spread on services, liquids, person to person. Uh, it's unclear how many students were affected. Quote, 
Norovirus usually lasts one to three days. It can be very miserable couple days for people. It sometimes can lead to hospitalizations. Uh, it usually doesn't, but it's important for those people to drink a lot of water because what actually causes the disease to get severe is when people get dehydrated. Um, the company released a statement. Uh, the president of the restaurant, Jose Estrada, posted on Facebook, quote, We want to address the recent reports of a norovirus outbreak linked to our Evanston location. Understanding that norovirus outbreaks are more common in settings like colleges and universities, I want to emphasize our commitment to the health and well-being of our patrons and staff. While there have been reported cases, we are not certain that the outbreak originated at a restaurant. Prior to the event, the Evanston Health Department completed a routine health inspection and found no issues with our establishment. Nevertheless, we are taking immediate and comprehensive measures to address the situation. We are taking extra steps to thoroughly clean and sanitize, with particular focus on areas that may be susceptible to the transmission of the virus. In collaboration with local health authorities, we are actively participating in the investigation to determine the source and the extent of the outbreak. Our staff members are being closely monitored for symptoms, and no staff member has shown signs of symptoms. If you uh, have any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to us directly on our Facebook page. We're committed to keeping our communities informed and appreciate your understanding during these challenging times. Um, so, and this virus may not have come from the employees. It could have been contaminated meat or whatever from a location, got to here, and got spread out. $1 burritos, obviously well there, whatnot. So, they're looking at it up and whatnot. Nasty stomach virus. Um, I, don't, I just think it's... I've only reported on this because it's a it was a one dollar burrito special, and so got a lot got a lot of mileage at that one dollar burrito special. Got got watch those burritos, especially those one dollar ones. They they can get you. Moving along, um, Thanksgiving football, also the National Dog Show, and Stash the CLI Ham Terrier won the National Dog Show this year, best in show at the National. Dog show. Uh, the dog is a cream-colored male with long hair sweeping down from his broad forehead, beating out six other finalists at the annual canine competition hosted by the Kennel Club of Philadelphia and broadcasted on NBC on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, fun fact, this dog is literally about an hour from where I live. The dog's from Honeybrook, Pennsylvania. Uh, stash. Uh, is, is handler Mar Margie Good. Um, I guess they're both from Honeybrook, Pennsylvania. That's crazy. Um, according to the handler, uh, she said uh, he, quote, he just gave a wonderful performance. He stretched his little short legs and hands and flew around the ring. Uh, Stash defeated a group that included a German Shepherd, a Great Dane, a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, a Shih Tzu, and an Azagawan a hound originating from West Africa. Uh, a Dalmatian named Pumpkin won second place, known as Reserve Best in Show. Up to 2,000 dogs from more than 200 breeds uh, and varieties compete in this year's event. There were only 165 breeds shown in the first National Dog Show um, uh, in 2001. So there's more recognized breeds now than there was then. Uh, Stashes Registered name is GCHP Good Spice Every Money Stash. Don't know why it's that long of a name, but anyways, um, like he lives in Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, uh, just about an hour or two away from Philadelphia. Um, in this win, Stash was also the number two ranked 
Terrier, and the number 12 ranked all breed show dog in America. And he has won 49 best in show prizes. The dog is pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good way he does. Um, the American Kennel Club described uh, uh, the Sealand Terrier as brave and spirited, but not as spiky as small terriers. Uh, it says that they are sturdy, these, do these dogs, outgoing companions with a sly sense of humor. Uh, it's estimated that 20 million people watched this year's National Dog Show, according to Purina, which uh, sponsors the show. Um, besides judging, there are plenty of fun facts for viewers that are uh, told throughout the entire show. Uh, for example... For example, more than 30,000 dogs have competed at the show over the years, but only two breeds, uh, the Wire Fox Terrier and the Scottish Deerhound, have won twice. Uh, some of the most popular dogs, like Golden Retriever, Labrador Retriever, and German Shepherd, have only won Best in Show each uh, once, uh, and two dogs with food-related names have captured the title Raisin the Doberman in 2003 and Whiskey the Whippet. In 2018. So, <clears throat> congrats to Stash from Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, uh, winning this year's Best in Show at the National Dog Show in Philadelphia, uh, presented by Purina, not a sponsor of this show, although they should because I have a beautiful boxer puppy that would win uh, Best not listening to me and running around the yard when I'm trying to get her to come inside. Don't know if that's a, an award, but if there was, uh, she would definitely win it. We now go across the Atlantic Ocean to Finland, where Finland has closed all passenger border crossings to Russia, except one. <clears throat> um, there are eight passenger crossing uh, checkpoints from Finland to Russia, Russia to Finland, uh, but they've closed all but one in response to an unusually high inflow of migrants which uh, the Nordic country accuses Moscow for pushing into their country. More than 700 migrants from Yemen, Afghanistan, Kenya, Morocco, Pakistan, Somalia, and Syria have in the past couple weeks entered Finland via Russia. Helsinki says Russia has been funneling migrants towards the border, but the Kremlin denies that. Uh, last week they closed four border stations. Uh, Finland overnight closed all remaining passenger crossings except its northernmost one. Raja Jupi, um, located in the high North Arctic region, re region for a month. Uh, that open escape for traffic at 800 GMT it will continue to accept asylum applications during its four daily opening hours, according to the Finnish Border Guard. No migrants arrived overnight outside of opening hours, it added. The Border Guard is stepping up patrols along its 833-mile frontier with Russia, uh, it will get additional resources for the task for the European Union's border agency, Frontex, said on Thursday it would deploy 50 border guards and other staff to Finland, along with equipment such as patrol cars to bolster control activities. Now, Russia has been accused many times of, of taking migrants from these countries, flying them to Moscow, and then making them go to the border to flood the European Union borders with these migrants, which causes a lot of problems in the population. A lot of folks don't like them and put strains on resources. And they say they're not doing it, but it, there's a lot of evidence out there that they're clearly sort of scooping people up and saying, hey, we'll get you to the border of Europe and you don't need to go across the Mediterranean oh, Sea or anything like that. 
So looks like they're doing that in Finland, but Finland is now shutting down its border to try to um, get that under control, only keeping its northernmost border open uh, for asylum seekers. So that's uh, another another thing going on there. And uh, speaking of of uh, other European Union things, uh, in Dublin, in Dublin this weekend, there were a variety. Uh, a, a variety of riots in Dublin. Um, there was a stabbing at an elementary school, and rumors had gotten out that it was an Algerian migrant, uh, which wasn't true. It was it was a, a an Algerian of descent, but had been there for twenty years as an Irish citizen, uh, rest and whatnot. But rumors got, got came out that it was some. Uh, migrant not legally there, so there was a riot in Dublin. Uh, bus, several cars were conf- torched on fire. Uh, a hotel was set on fire where asylum seekers were being stayed, and uh, the police, um, police, uh, un- police uh, arrested 34 people. Uh, apparently, the Irish army was deployed to sort of help the Garda, which is the police there, uh, help the Garda uh, control things. Um, Commissioner Garda, Commissioner Drew Harris, which is the head of the Ireland, Ireland's National Police Force, said that one officer was seriously injured with clashes with riders, uh, some who were armed with bars and covered their faces. Uh, he described the protesters as a complete lunatic, complete lunatic hooligan faction driven by far-right ideology. And, uh, the Garda was spread pretty thin uh, throughout the town, and so additional police and allegedly uh, some army units were brought in to restore order to the uh, to the to the town. So, if you're in Dublin for Thanksgiving, eh, a little bit of a busy weekend. A little bit of a busy weekend. Busy, busy, busy weekend. So, hopefully, they get that in control, get that understood, and uh, no more no more riots in Ireland. No more riots in Ireland. Don't don't need that in Dublin. No, sir. We now go to China. Have you visited China recently? Uh, I I have not. I've never been there. And let's be honest, things are a little tense between China and the United States. So I'm not quite sure I'll be popping over there anytime soon. Don't want to be a Richard Gere situation where I'm a part of an international incident. But if you're going to go to China, you often need a visa. Now, for what does that mean? Visa, you need permission to enter a country ahead of time. Um, some visas you have to apply for and wait. Other you can do it at the airport. Some you do online. They just want to know who's coming and going, who's coming and going. Well, <clears throat> China announced that on Friday, they will allow visa-free entry for citizens from five European countries and Malaysia as it tries to encourage more people to visit for business and tourism. So just starting December 1st, France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, uh, Spain, and Malaysia will be allowed to enter China for up to 15 days without a visa. Um, the trial program will be in effect for one year. Uh, 15 days, it's basically just enough time for, to visit for, like, you know, a vacation or, or business or whatnot. Uh, a little different, like, for example, uh, when I went to Ireland uh, last year, I could hang out there for 90 days. I think Greece, too. I went to Greece this year. Again, 90 days without needing a visa, but a little, little bit different in China. Uh, according to the Foreign Ministry spokesman Mel Ning, uh, the aim was to, quote, facilitate high-quality development of Chinese 
and foreign personal exchanges and high-level opening up to the outside world. Um, China previously allowed citizens from Japan, Singapore, and Brunei to enter without a visa, but suspended that during co the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, it resumed visa-free entry for Brunei and Singapore in July, but not for Japan, as those two continue to have some, some territorial disputes between each other. Uh, the first six months of this year, China recorded 8.4 million entries and exits by foreigners, uh, according to immigration statistics. Uh, that, that compares to 977 million, so almost a billion, for all of 2019, the last year before the pandemic. So that is, um, you know, 977 million down to 8.4 million. That is, uh, that's less than 10% of what they had before the pandemic. Uh, the government is seeking foreign investment to help boost its sluggish uh, economy. Some business people have been coming for trade fairs and meetings, including Tesla's Elon Musk and Apple's Tim Cook. Uh, foreign tourists are still a rare sight compared to before the pandemic. Um, so trying to get more folks to come over there, but... You know, there's, there's, there's some rumors that there's another uh, walking pneumonia virus cropping around there in China that uh, they seem to be trying to keep tabs on, <clears throat> much like they did COVID-19. So hopefully they, they'll be able to get that sort of sorted out before that becomes another problem. Lots of stuff on Twitter about that. Uh, nothing really confirmed, but the popular thought is that uh, there seems to be some unknown form of pneumonia that's hitting uh, school-age children uh, quite a bit. So that's something I'm definitely, uh, definitely going to keep my eyes on. I mean, I'm not a school-age child, so <clears throat> I guess I'm better off. But uh, still, something to be, you know, just just uh, watch your heads and pay attention to pay attention to the news. Now, yesterday, as I uh, mentioned, was Black Friday, and Black Friday is kind of an American uh, tradition, because Thanksgiving being a Thursday in America, everything's closed, and kind of start the holiday shopping season. Well, Black Friday deals has kind of become a sort of international thing, fueled much by Amazon, so everyone around the world uh, likes to get in on these deals, and um, protests have kind of broken out uh, in Amazon... Uh, targeting Amazon warehouses in Europe and lockers on the busiest day of shopping, one of the busiest days of shopping there in Europe on Black Friday. So workers and activists across Europe plan demonstrations against Amazon on, on, on Black Friday, aiming to disrupt its warehouse and prevent merchandise from reaching Amazon parcel lockers during one of the busiest shopping days of the year. Um... In Germany, Amazon's second biggest market by sales in 2022, workers at five fulfillment centers in uh, Dortmund, Kobolitz, Litzpig, Rheinberg, and Bad Hertzfeld will go on strike for 24 hours uh, from midnight Thursday to demand a collective wage agreement, according to trade union Verdi. An Amazon spokesman in Germany said workers are paid fair wages with a starting salary of 14 euros an hour and have benefits, adding that deliveries on Black Friday orders will be reliable and timely. A thousand workers at Amazon's warehouse in Coventry, England will strike on Friday, according to the trade union GMB, as part of a long-running dispute over pay. Trade unionists are organizing a demonstration at 
Amazon UK headquarters in London. Amazon UK spokesman said the strike would not cause any disruptions. Amazon parcel lockers, uh, those little lockers where you pick up packages, are also being targeted. Many Amazon shoppers use these lockers, which are located at train stations, supermarkets, um, street corners to receive their orders. Um, France, an anti-globalization organization, RTAC, is encouraging activists to plaster them with posters and ticker tape, potentially blocking delivery workers and customers from being able to open them. Attack, which calls Black Friday a celebration of overproduction and overconsumption, so expects protesters to be wider than last year when estimated 100 Amazon lockers across France were targeted. In Italy, trading in CGIL called for Black Friday strike at the Castle San Giovanni warehouse, where while Spanish Union CCOO called for Amazon warehouse and delivery workers to stage a one-hour strike on each shift, on Cyber Monday, the last day of Amazon's 10-day sale. Make Amazon Pay, which is a global campaign coordinated by UNI Global Union, said strikes and protesters would take place in more than 30 countries on Black Friday through Cyber Monday. So, uh, if you're expecting quick packages in Europe, or even here in the United States by Sunday, Monday, there might be a slight delay. Might be a slight delay. But, I mean, if you need anything by Sunday, Monday, you could probably wait an extra day. So, you know, just say it. Just say it. But anyways, um, I would expect more striking throughout the holiday season. Been lots, lots, been pretty strike happy. Uh, higher inflation. Costs are going up. Although, again, again, I'll say that every time about inflation. Um, record inflation shouldn't mean record corporate profits. 60%, at least 60% of inflation can be directly tied to corporate greed. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. And finally this week, there is a mysterious respiratory illness impacting dogs that uh, scientists haven't really been able to nail down what this is, how it spreads, what's going on. Uh, it's been causing uh, dogs to have... Uh, some cough, fever, lethargy. Some dogs are contracting pneumonia, and some cases can lead to death. Uh, unfortunately, this um, illness seems to be resistant to medications and also does not show up in tests, which is not great because it's hard for them to um, lock that down of what's going on. Um, so, like, it's not, not, not killing all the dogs, but it can cause fatal pneumonia uh, after a longer chronic disease. It has impacted uh, states in Oregon, Idaho, California, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Florida, Georgia, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island. Um, the American Kennel Club t told Newsweek that they want to warn dog owners of potentially higher risk of infection over Thanksgiving weekend, quote, with high number of pets boarded during holiday travel, there are increased numbers of dogs in close proximity and potential for spread. Owners should consider risks for the pet, and there is a canine influenza vaccine available. I give my dog the influenza vaccine as well. Um, but uh, they also don't know how many dogs are being impacted by this and how many dogs are being killed by this because that doesn't always... Um, get reported, that sort of things. 
According to the Illinois College of Veterinary Medicine, stated on Tuesday, quote, our clinicians at the Veterinary Teaching Hospital in Urbana and Medical District Veterinary Clinic in Chicago have not seen an uptick in canine respiratory cases, uh, at least in the Chicago area. Quote, right now, we don't know the true extent of illnesses or deaths because we don't have sufficient data as the symptoms overlap with other causes of lung disease and the presumed infectious agent or agents driving disease remains unknown. At this point, too few positive bacterial and viral samples have been collected nationally to clarify lung pathology and will lead some dogs to recover and others to succumb to the disease. So, folks... Get your dog vaccines up to date. And, uh, you know, monitor, if you had them boarded over Thanksgiving, monitor them when they come back. Nothing wrong taking a dog to a vet for a checkup. Your four-legged friend can't tell you they're not feeling well. So, you know, just be careful with them. Be careful. Well, my friends, that just about wraps up this week's Saturday Report with me, Colt Sebastian Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me here this Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you had a delightful turkey dinner or whatever meal you prefer to have over Thanksgiving. Um, also, also, um, uh, you can find me on a variety of social media networks, including the uh, Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Counter Social, the Threads, the Cameo at Colt S. Taylor. Of course, check me out at ColtSebastianTaylor.com as well. Thank you for uh, following and subscribing to the podcast at anchor.fm slash Colt S. Taylor. And of course, for all of your social media needs, check out socialbead.io 14 days for free. Alright, my friends, until next week, I'm, of course, your friend, Colt Sebastian Taylor, and I'll see you later.